present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week in the city of Brighton, England's trendy South Coast resort. We are in fact guests of the Brighton Comedy Festival, to which we've been invited to bring something a little different. <laughs> Brighton has a short but varied history. Joseph Taylor, writing in 1770, believed that the earliest settlement here was occupied by the Druids, who worshipped oak trees and virgins. And indeed, there are still many oak trees in this area. <laughs> Brighton was heavily bombed during World War II, but Adolf Hitler ordered that the Royal Pavilion should be left intact, as he intended to use it as a base following a successful invasion. Hitler had a particular affinity for the building, as it only had one ballroom. <laughs> when Queen Victoria came to the throne, the pavilion became her favourite holiday home. However, in 1841, the London to Brighton Railway was built close by, and she ordered that whenever she was in residence, trains should stop outside the town until she left. Perhaps someone should tell Network Rail she's not still there. <laughs> Anita Roddick opened her first business here in Brighton during the early 70s. She offered such alternative delights as jojoba and sesame oil, tea tree bark with nettle extract, seaweed and willow sap tincture, plus over 30 varieties of Brazilian tree frog creams. However, after six months, the restaurant folded. <laughs> and she went into skin care products instead. <laughs> Famous names associated with modern Brighton include Chris Eubank, who lives here in part of a converted monastery. He's often seen driving his famous truck, but ran into trouble recently when he was stopped by the police, giving his address as 67 Cistercian House, Sussex Street. <laughs> he inadvertently drowned two traffic cops. <laughs> Let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke-Taylor and Jack D. And a warm, a warm welcome, please, for the lady who's just back from enjoying a rewarding poke around the North Lanes. <laughs> Our ever-loyal scorer, Samantha. Okay, we start this week with a round of certain failures. Oh, well, start as you mean to go on. <laughs> with this in mind, teams, I'd like you please to suggest titles of books, films, plays, TV programs, etc., that would have proved surefire flops. Barry, would you care to start, please? Midnight Cowpat. <laughs> Tim? One bird flew over the cuckoo's nest. Bird flew, it's, it's quite true. <laughs> Uh, 
the Mancunian candidate. <laughs> Jack, back with the wind. <laughs> Anybody? Groundhog Day 2. <laughs> the Cattle of Britain. <laughs> Lady Windermere's fun. <laughs> That wouldn't be a miss. <laughs> the Texas Cold Sore Massacre. <laughs> Tom Brown's Media Studies Days. <laughs> Leaving Private Ryan exactly where he is. <laughs> a Tale of Two Settees. The Hello, orifice. <laughs> okay, with that glossed over, we'll move on to a musical game. We'll move on to a musical game called One Song to the Tune of Another. This is a concept of such breathtaking simplicity, it needs only the briefest of explanations. So teams try to think of a song as a clothing store mannequin. The clothes represent the words, while the model represents the tune, supporting the words and displaying them to their best advantage. Songs can, of course, be given different arrangements, just as the mannequins can have limbs swapped around, striking different poses to suit different types of apparel. <laughs> but I hear you thinking, teams, isn't there a danger of putting the wrong arm in the wrong socket? <laughs> and what possible use would there be for a dummy with two left hands? At the piano, we have Colin. <laughs> okay, you can start, Barry. I'd like you to sing the words of Orville's song to the tune of Cum Ronda. <laughs> I wish I could fly way up to the sky, but I can't. You can. I can't. I wish I could see what would see in me, but I can't. You can, I can't. Look, Orville, nothing you can say would change how I feel today. Feel today. I know that we'll never part. You now, Graham, would you please sing the words of Bridge Over Troubled Water to the tune of Bring Me Sunshine. <laughs> when you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side when times get rough and friends just can't be found like a bridge. Of a troubled water, I will lay me down. <laughs> troubled water, I will lay me down when you're down and out. When you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you, I will take your part, oh, when darkness Your turn, Tim. Would you please sing the words of sexual healing to the tune of When I'm 64? 
Oh baby now let's get down tonight Oh baby I'm hot Just like an oven I need some loving And baby I can't hold it much The longer it's getting stronger and stronger And when I get that feeling I want sexual healing, sexual healing Oh baby makes me feel so fine Alright <laughs> Very moving. <laughs> and I wish I was. <laughs> Finally, Jack, would you please sing the words of Shirley Bassey's Goldfinger to the tune of Postman Pat? <laughs> Goldfinger, he's the man, the man with the Midas touch. A spider's touch. Such a cold finger Beckons you to enter his web of sin <laughs> But don't go in Golden words he will pour in your ear But his lies can't disguise What you fear for a golden girl Knows when he's kissed her it's the kiss of death <laughs> From Mr. Goldfinger, pretty girl Beware of his heart of gold, his heart of gold. Goldfinger, he's the man, he's the man with the Midas touch. Look, I go on. The winner of this year's Jeremy Hardy Memorial <laughs> Let's calm things down now with a round of word for word. This is where each team takes it in turn to exchange a random series of totally unconnected words. If the opposing team spots a connection, they should challenge to take over play. For example, if the word horses was followed by courses, that would be disallowed as they can combine to make horses for courses, which is a well-known French restaurant. <laughs> Okay, Tim and Jack, you can start exchanging your random words now. Barry and Graham, you should challenge to take over if you spot a connection. Treacle. Cassette. Caustic. Dentist. Sou'wester. Female. Audience. <laughs> Barry. There's recently been a female audience uh, in Rome. It's the first time all women meeting uh, His Holiness. That's true. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Luce was there. <laughs> Abbey Titmus, it was quite... I think that's what the Abbey was called. <laughs> Take it up, Barry. Crustacean. Plough. Hologram. Barn. <laughs> Indigenous. Haystack. Louche. What? Isn't a haystack indigenous to a barn? Doesn't it? Take it over, Graham. <laughs> what? 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 What and what? Very close. Oh. Quite right, Tim. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, cardigan. Pier. Thong. Cardigan's got a pier. Lord, Lord. <laughs> Lord Cardigan. Lord Cardigan was a pier. That was a pier. <laughs> 
John Graham. Pull over. Cardigan. <laughs> Cardigan's got a peer. <laughs> but pull over hasn't, apparently. But you can pull over to see Cardigan Peer. Have you asked? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going? Do you, to go, do you want to carry on with that? Yeah. Beret. Oh, gosh. Gasp. <laughs> Beret Gasp. Old jazz musician, you must know him. <laughs> Why would he know an old jazz musician? Uh, he has a collection of old records. Really, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well known for it. <laughs> so am I, I'm 78. <laughs> Jack, I'm 45. <laughs> He's 33. 33. And a half. <laughs> so I've heard. Jack. Finger. Follicle. Mute. Owl. Kazoo. I'm getting sick of this. The teams are now going to. <laughs> The teams are now going to delve into the world of public information broadcasts. Back in the 50s, these were often disguised as dramas. In fact, the BBC was asked by the Ministry of Agriculture to launch the archers in order to help Britain's struggling farmers. Information has included tips on maximising crop yields, effective ways to avoid foot rot in sheep, and exactly how many Malibu and Cokes it takes to get your brother's bride up the duff on her hen night. <laughs> So, teams, I brought along a selection of public information films from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, which have been interrupted. Your task is to complete them. We'll start with you, Graham. Can you complete the following public information film? Yes, there's a TV set on number five. It's in the front room. And they're watching Columbo. If you don't have a TV license... Why not pop around to number five and watch Columbo? <laughs> Here's the answer. If you don't have a TV license, it won't take us long to find you. Ooh. Oh. You now, Jack, can you finish off this public information film? This is Tufty Fluffy Tail, the Red Squirrel. Look out, Tufty! Look out! The roads are dangerous for little children, said Mr. Wise Owl. What's going on here? asked the policeman Badger. We must start a club for little children and teach them how not to get hurt on the roads. That's a jolly good idea. We'll call it... <laughs> the Young People's Railway Line Daredevil Club. <laughs> Here's the answer. We'll call it Tufty Club. Mothers, you can find out about the Tufty Club at your council offices. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, now, can you complete this public information film? I'm not drunk. Look, I tell you, I'm not drunk. I'll be all right. Yes, Taxi! Taste the station, please. Right, sir. You OK? I'm sorry, Billy. Yeah, you get pulled over, please. <laughs> A pretty girl. Pretty drunk. So you're pretty much onto a winner then. <laughs> Here's the answer. A pretty girl, pretty drunk, isn't very pretty. <laughs> Barry, can you finish off this public information film? One fine day, 
Tufty is playing on the grass with Bobby Brown Rabbit. <laughs> but Harry Hare and Willie Weasel are playing out by the road, near the cars and buses. <laughs> Poor Willie. The car has knocked him down. Calm down, dear. It's only a weasel. <laughs> Here's the answer. Very luckily, Mr. Policeman Badger comes along to help. Oh, my word. <laughs> now Willie's been hurt. He won't be able to play with you for a long time. <laughs> Never play near the road. <laughs> you again, Graham. Here's one for you to finish off. Do you know what tummy ache feels like, children? Bessie and Betsy Brown Rabbit do. They found some strange bottles and some strange pills that look just like sweets. So they tasted them to see what they were like. And now look, they've got... Jobs as supermodels. <laughs> Here's the answer. They've got the most awful tummy ache. And it continues. Mrs. Brown Rabbit is putting them to bed with a hot water bottle and then is going to get Dr. White Rabbit. Dr. White Rabbit says... Bloody brown rabbits coming over here. <laughs> OK, here's the answer. Dr. White Rabbit says... Luckily, they didn't eat or drink much of that medicine. Oh, but it was a very dangerous thing to do. I remember doing that one. <laughs> Jack, now. Here's another one for you to finish off. Awfully decent of you to give me a lift, old boy. No, that's all right. Had an accident with my car yesterday. First day out, too. I was going along a main road, just like this one, as a matter of fact. Plenty of traffic. There was another car ahead of me. Just where that one is now, man. Wind the window down, old boy. <laughs> Here's the answer. I'd forgotten the brakes were out of order when I put the car away five years ago. <laughs> Good heavens, old boy, you might have been killed. I was. Gosh, I must have my brakes tested. Tim again, here's another one for you. Judy, I thought the faucets were away. They are, to the end of the month. Well, they've got visitors. Must have come back unexpected. If there's something funny going on... It certainly isn't here. <laughs> Here's the answer. If there's something funny going on, dial 999. There are many hundreds of calls every 24 hours. Everyone is investigated. The police don't mind how many calls they get. And remember, the next call might be about your house. How old was that? <laughs> here are some for any of you to have a go at. A year or so ago, Mr and Mrs Arnold Finney lined their kitchen ceiling with polystyrene tiles. How nice. How safe, too. Until they added a... 
more and more layers until they were trapped between the ceiling and the floor. <laughs> Polystyrene tiles, know when to stop. And here's the answer. Until they added a fine coat of gloss paint. Polystyrene tiles are safe. Gloss paint is safe. But together, they are a very serious fire hazard. <laughs> you can't really take him seriously. No. <laughs> and finally... This is what happened one day when the ice cream van stopped by Tufty's house. Ice cream! And Tufty goes to find his mummy. Tufty always asks his mummy to go with him to the ice cream van. But Willie Weasel has gone off to get an ice cream by himself. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, mummy! Oh, Willie's got crushed nuts. <laughs> Here's the answer. Now Willie has been hurt. And all because he didn't ask his mummy to go with him to the ice cream van. When you want to go to the ice cream van, always take mummy with you. <laughs> mummy won't crush your nuts. <laughs> OK, our next game takes us back to the golden age of letter writing. And we'll examine the lost correspondence between Thomas Crapper and Queen Victoria. <laughs> However, the challenge is that the letters must be constructed by each panellist alternating one word at a time. When I honk, it's the end of the correspondence. <laughs> Off you go, Barry and Graham. Uh, right, we're Thomas Graham. Yes. Dear Mom, I would like to request an audience with you to demonstrate <laughs> my new appliance which I proudly call the flushing lava bowl <laughs> you may be surprised to learn to <laughs> learn <laughs> Spanish while you squat. <laughs> upon the throne. <laughs> Yours faithfully and <laughs> permanently, <laughs> Thomas W. <laughs> Crapper. Answer, please, Tim Jack. Dear Crapper, we are very grateful to you for your invention, which we are giving to use instead of Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> One hopes that we can we <laughs> quietly 
Menschen. Long have we sat wondering whether anybody can come on the throne with a gilded and long-lasting and special yet dignified way for me to shit. <laughs> Well, I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to fit in a round of Cheesemonger's Songbook. Samantha tells me she has to nip out now. She's meeting her new cheesemaker, gentleman friend. He's been trying out new production methods, and tonight he's promised to show Samantha how he can put a strong blue vein in Kerfilly. <laughs> So while she's away preparing for that, I'd like the teams to suggest titles of songs guaranteed to delight an audience of cheesemongers. Graham, will you start, please? Dairy Lee, we roll along. <laughs> Cheese, release me. <laughs> Simon Smith and his amazing camembert. <laughs> Madame Butter. Bridge <laughs> over double Gloucester. Super calorie French. <laughs> Super calorie from our biscuits, especially with toasties. I wish I had No, don't patronise him like that. <laughs> the ride of the Vashkirie. <laughs> Gorgonzola. She was a dancer. <laughs> St. Ivel Survive. Okay, cheddar, cheddar. <laughs> Whatever will brie, will brie. <laughs> the fetter's not ours to see. <laughs> oh. Do go on. Do go on. Okay, cheddar, cheddar. <laughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, as the lemmings of fate run over the crumbling cliff of eternity, and the shadows try to shoo them off, I notice it's the end of the show, so from the team, Samantha, myself, and the fine folk of Brighton, it's goodbye. Barry Fryer, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Jack Dee have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Patterson, and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs> <laughs>